welcome back to another daily walk. I hope you enjoy this beautiful scenery. I would point the other direction and show you over side of the cliff, but some motorcyclists are causing me to be on this side of the mountain ridge, uh, which is cool. They're out there enjoying the beautiful day. Who can blame them for that? So, you know, knowing how sound works, let's go ahead and uh, just get ourselves ready. Now, I thought about doing this daily walk as a little bit longer, maybe a longer form content instead of a daily walk, but I just kind of decided, you know what, I have the notes already prepared, so let's just go ahead and do it. It might be slightly longer. I, I don't know. It might be about the same length. We want to talk about this idea, should we study theology or not? And uh, it's caused a resurgence as a few different uh, a few different resources I've seen in the last couple of weeks have asked and addressed this question as well. And so it's worth bringing up. I'm, I'm reading a book by a no-name guy that uh, this is his view. There's no need for any Bible teachers. You've got to pick up the Bible, you know, pick up the Bible and just read it for yourself. Uh, this is a prevailing view, especially in a world where we have become academically lazy. But there are the to their argument, their main argument says, well, these people that study theology, they're just being academic. They're not really loving people. They're just being academic. And there is cases that's the, the situation. But uh, I always like to ask this question about that. Would you rather be academically correct or biblically in, uh, uh, full of error? Um, <laughs> And a fascinating way of questioning it. Not to say that the lack of studying theology always leads to error. In fact, quite to the contrary, a person who deeply studies their scriptures will more often than not, as long as they're not borrowing pet verses and sticking on, on pet ideas, will definitely find themselves in a, a more rounded situation. The problem is the vast majority of people who say, we don't need to study theology. Well, they don't read their Bible either. They just have some vague ideas about what God or Christianity or theology is. And they just live their life as if they're doing what's right. And they're completely also full of error. And so it raises this question and I'm gonna hopefully bring a little bit of balance. Now let's talk about two major guys that will take these, these stances. John MacArthur is a very, we need to study and understand the theology. And I completely agree with him. And I'll get into reasons why I believe that in a minute. But if you also read about the life of George Mueller, particularly Arthur Pearson's book, George Mueller of Bristol, um, he does a really good job of outlining George Mueller's life and what he did, consulting his journals and the family. George Mueller said that his greatest blessings in life happened when he stopped studying the theology and he just read the scriptures. And so we have two very, very good, very, very influential people on both ends of the spectrum. This is why when you see this, the truth is probably something closer to the middle. So first, let's look at a couple of Bible verses, which will address each of these issues. On the we don't need a teacher section, let's go to the primary verse that is used. And this is from 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. As for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is true and not a lie, and just as it has been taught you, you abide in him. And obviously you hear that and go, see, I don't need have any need for teachers. So all you guys go away. This was quoted in the book I read recently, uh, or I'm currently reading, I should say. And uh, that book, there's a lot of error in it. Um, there's a lot of truth in it, true, but there's a lot of error. 
Now, there is another verse which will back this up. This is from John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So if you believe that we don't need to be studying any theology, you're probably hanging your hat on those two verses. The reality is, if you start digging in deeper, there's way, 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 way more scriptures in the New Testament which talk about the need of a teacher and the role of the teacher. And so it this is what I mean. You get into this idea, you read that, and you go, I have no need for any of that. It's easy, of course. I have no need to study. I have no need to take preparation. I have no need for any of this. But what do other verses say? How about Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12? For you by this time ought to be teachers. Why are there teachers if there's no need for anybody to teach? That's a question. But you have need for someone to teach you the elemental principles of the oracles of God. He says, not only should you be teachers by now to teach whom, but you have need for someone to come in and teach you. Why? They weren't in their scriptures and they were influenced by error. And actually, that's kind of the context we see in 1 John chapter 2. He is addressing error and people coming in saying, well, you have this great idea. I'm going to teach you the deeper things. Remember, John, in a lot of his writing, is talking about a current heresy of um, the Gnosticistic error is a lot of what John was talking about, where there's these fundamentals, but there's this higher level, and you need to be taught it, and he's teaching people, no, you don't need to be teaching uh, that basic idea. Look at this one, Acts chapter 6. This is where they're appointing the deacons. What was the purpose of the deacons? To make sure the physical needs were, were met so that the teachers of the word could go about their business of teaching. We're just going to look at verses 2 and 4 because we're not really interested in the establishment of the deacons. I want you to see the, uh, the situation surrounding it. The twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. In other words, it's not good for us to stop teaching and ministering the word of God to make sure the physical needs are met. So, verse 3, they're going to select people. Verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now you say, well, that's just the, the apostles. Obviously, they had to teach the original foundation, and then somehow we don't need teachers anymore after that. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy. So he's writing up to a church full of errors. He says in, the, uh, in this letter, I've sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child. He will remind you of the ways which are in Christ just as I teach everywhere in the church. So I'm going to send to you my disciple, Timothy, who's going to teach you the correct ways. And then we have uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. So we have several instances of being told we don't need a teacher, and we have several instances of being told I sent you this teacher. Which is the correct viewpoint? Well, the reality is, actually, it's going to be something in between. I shut down my, my Bible here when I had one more verse to show you, because I think that this is really where our balance is. This is in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now, these, talking about the Bereans, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. In other words, Paul comes in, he's teaching them. They are going to go back, take their scriptures, and see and examine if what Paul is saying is true. That is what our balance is. 
It is absolutely an error to spend our time studying theology so we can correct everybody in Sunday school. That is an error. But it is also an error to say, I don't need any teachers out there because I just pick up my Bible and go. And the ultimate thing that, that like the, the way God works is quite amazing because I am the very desert I'm in right now. Last year when I was in this very desert, I was reading a bunch of publications by a free grace teacher, which is a big error. And this is why we need to understand theology. I know if I start seeing a free grace teacher, I'm going to see a lot of things. I'm going to see the idea that we do not need to repent. I'm going to need to see the idea that a person just needs to say a simple prayer. But if I understand the free grace theology, I can look for other errors in their teaching. Free grace guys also didn't reject the gospels as instructive for us as Christians. Did you know that? Free grace people see Paul's teachings as authoritative over any of the other apostles. They do not see the things Jesus said and did as relevant for us, and they believe that Jesus actually physically came on earth to establish his kingdom, but his people were not yet ready for him. That is gross error on every front. And if I can understand one of those errors, I can probably have a pretty good idea which other points of error he's going to have and which false teachers he's probably listening to. My study and understanding of theology has te teaches me this. So what is theology in and of itself? Theology is the knowledge and the study and the understanding of things of God. The reason we do theology and the reason you would teach theology, particularly to a young Christian, is that you would teach them the basics without them having to go through the scriptures. But it does not replace the scriptures. Ultimately, as a person gets older in Christ, unless they're studying some deeper, deeper theologies to really understand some more interesting world systems, ultimately a person who a person who grows in Christ should become less and less and less dependent on theologies of others and more and more and more dependent on the word of God. Because as John 14 says, yes, the Holy Spirit will come and instruct us. But the problem is we oftentimes need the theology to understand some of the world systems around us. If we spend our time in understanding some theologies, we can identify errors in scripture way faster than if we just, oh, just see what the Bible says. Because then what happens is you have no root in everything else the Bible says. You get caught up in your pet verses. And then you end up believing things that are not correct. Going back to my first point. Would I rather be, be correct and not completely living by it? Or living this weird spiritual life with any, without any form of anything. I'm just reminded, I was watching a Code Blue cam yesterday and this crazy lady after being, you know, told to leave multiple times and mental illness problems as she's being arrested. You can't arrest me, I'm of Jesus. And she literally said, I'm impregnated by Jesus. Okay, that is a, that is a girl in need of some serious theology. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's the type of stuff we're talking about. So what is my idea? My idea is we have to study a spectrum. You see, we don't, the theology isn't, I'm going to go study the doctrines of Calvinism and ignore everything else. No, balance comes in studying all of the theological systems. If you spend time studying a book on Calvinism, you should also spend time studying a book on Arminianism. And then as 
Acts 17. 11 says you need to search the scriptures to see what is true. I can tell you this, having read tons of books from both perspectives, every single time I've picked up a book on Arminianism, sure there's Bible verses, but it is an emotional argument, isogeting certain verses in, ignoring the context, and cramming in a theological system that is not found in scripture. But when I read Calvinism, we're talking true stuff, we find that the scriptures are given in context with a understanding of what was being said to whom and why. Now, there is a thing called hyper-Calvinism, and most people that are offended by the word Calvinism have hyper-Calvinism in mind. Uh, I have whole videos about that. Um, but the idea is that we have to study a range of, of theologies. We have to examine the scripture. Ultimately, more time in our life should be spent studying scripture than studying theology. But we cannot neglect the study of theology as it gives us the insights of the people who have come before us. And here's one last point, and this is going to be your controversial one, particularly uh, you guys in um, uh, pastoral roles. I'm going to tell you avoid studying theology at church. The reason is no denomination is perfect. And when you go into a church to study their theology course at a church, you're getting their theology as gospel truth, despite no denomination, is perfect in its execution. And this is why we need to be studying theology from external sources. I'm not saying don't study anything in the church. I'm saying don't rely on it and don't say this is the absolute truth and everything else out there is error because they might have something wrong, okay? And if they have something wrong, it is your responsibility before your life and walk with Christ to get it right, and so hopefully that brought balance to the idea. I reject the idea we don't need to study any theology, nor do I reject the idea that God gives us the teaching that we need. Okay, we have to find the middle, study those theological systems, but get in your scriptures and understand. If you think somebody is in error, read their book, examine their scriptures, and then find a book to their antithesis, read that and examine the scriptures. That is how discernment is learned. Okay, I came to Christ initially under the deep influence of a lot of crazy word-faith lunatics that didn't know the first thing about the gospel, and they're giving me Norman Vincent Peale books. Other people I knew who were sounder in Christ and, you know, not as, uh, you know, they're giving me books by um, uh, um, James Montgomery Boyce. I'm reading them both, and they're teaching slightly different things. Now, I would not have thought about it if Boyce did not call out by name the error-filled teachers that I'd heard about from the other groups. It caused me to dig deep into the scriptures to do a deeper understanding and say, what really is the truth? And when I examined it all deeper, Norman Vincent Peale is a crazy lunatic with wild ideas that crams a few Bible verses in to sound biblical. Boyce understands the scripture, looks at the context, finds other verses in context, finds a few verses that seem to be the antithesis, and analyzes all of the difference to see what the point of view is. This brings us back one final point. First John chapter 2, he spends the first half of the chapter talking about three basic phases of Christianity, the, the infant or the little child, the young man, and the father in Christ. And then he's talking a lot about error. And what happened is, in that church at that time, what was going on is people were Christians, they were doing things, but then these Gnostic guys came in and 
started teaching there's this higher level Christianity you should really be learning about. And if you study this higher level Christianity, you'll be better off in faith. That is what John was addressing when he says, you don't need these people to teach you things. It wasn't, you don't need people to teach you anything about the Bible. It was, you don't need to teach people, people teaching you about these weird errancies. And if you study theology, you know that is the concept of what he's talking about. That is why it is important and why we should not be using that verse. Far more verses talk about the importance of having sound teachers in the faith than completely relying exclusively on yourself. So uh, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, let me know what you think in the comments down below. Have a look over the website, ourwalkinchrist.com. With that, thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.